What's up everyone, this is Don Suave. First and foremost, I'd appreciate everyone for viewing my video. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and also comment. Also hit that notification button below as well. Alright, let's get on with the show. good everybody this is Don Suave back with another one for y'all so make sure to like share subscribe to the YouTube channel broadcast of the seven cities and also make sure to subscribe to the podcast so disrespectful radio show now before I start like I said I would like to start with a quote for the listeners this comes from the former Prime Minister Winston Churchill he says success is not final Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. That's just simply put, just never give up. Never quit and finish to the finish line. Don't have any bumps or bruises on this road. Just know that you continue. You can never say you quit. So, week six of the NFL is done and it's time to recap it. It's time to go back over these games and we're going to start right about now so the first game was a snoozer a sleeper the one you can hit the snooze button multiple times we have the washington commanders beating the chicago bears 12 to 7 and that was on thursday night on sunday the sarasco 49ers and atlanta falcons the falcons beat the sarasco 49ers 28 to 14. next the new england patriots beat the cleveland browns 38 to 15. In a shocking game, the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets beat the Green Bay Packers 27-10. And we're going to talk more about that game as well. Next, the Indianapolis Colts, led by Matty Ice, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 34-27. And iced out Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings beat the Miami Dolphins 24-16. Next, we had a pretty much a high-scoring game, but the Cincinnati take the win over the New Orleans Saints, 30-26. And another shocking game that, honestly, a lot of people did not even see that they would be, they have their record as right now. The New York Football Giants beat the Baltimore Ravens 24-20. Next, which is another shocking game, like this whole week of six has been just Shocking for shocking. This whole entire year so far has been shocking. 
Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 20 to 18. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Carolina Panthers 24 to 10. Next, we had the Seattle Seahawks beat the Arizona Cardinals 19 to 9, and possibly the game of the week. The Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. Buffalo got their revenge on the Chiefs. That time he lost in the playoffs that um, couple years ago, they got it back at him. 24 to 20, Buffalo Bills beat the Chiefs. And the Philadelphia Eagles, the only team that's undefeated, stay undefeated as they beat the Dallas Cowboys 26 to 17. And on Monday night, <sighs> so sad, with the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Denver Broncos 19-16 in overtime. We don't know what's going on with Denver with Russell Wilson. And that was the week six recap. Now, we have something called the overreaction. Now, we're going to talk about first, the New York Jets. Are they for real? I want you to listen to this. The Jets are 4-2. They possibly have something that's very rare. And that's rookies of the year on both sides of the football. A coach, Robert Sala, in his second season, and in a week seven power rankings, they have moved a tier from five to four, which is the wait and see section with teams like the Baltimore Ravens, Atlanta Falcons, Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts, San Francisco 49ers, etc. Now, the next three games will be a challenge before their bye week in week 10. The next game is a winnable game against Denver. I mean, it seems like almost anybody can beat Denver now. But after Denver is the real test. They have the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. And we will see by week 10 if the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 will be sitting pretty or running ugly. Next reaction we're going to do is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I got a question. Do we need another R-E-L-A-X? Relax. From Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> you know, there are certain players that no matter how ugly games look, how teams look, when they play, they seem to always find a way to win. So, I say that to say this. Is the Aaron Rodgers era wrapping up? For a team that was destined again to make a run to the Super Bowl, which is because of Aaron Rodgers, of course. But like I said in earlier podcasts, this season seems to be different all around. Look at the Packers, who have lost to both New York teams. They have lost to the Jets and they lost to the Giants. Lost to the Giants last week when they blew a second half lead to them and they lost to the Jets. It just seems like football is the last thing on their mind. Scoring only 107 points, which is the fewest ever in a six-game stretch by Aaron Rodgers. This team now seems directionless. Before their bye week in week 14, their next seven games will be a test as well. And even though the teams may look like an up-and-down schedule, it's still any given day, any given Sunday. The next games are Washington who just won their game against the Bears. Buffalo, who is an elite team. Detroit, a division rival. Dallas, with a returning Dak Prescott and a great defense. Tennessee is a winnable game. Philadelphia, 
the only undefeated team and a balanced team and in the Chicago. So now Packers, if playing meaningful football, they can possibly win four out of seven and have a record of seven and six before their bye week in week 14. Next reaction. I don't know if you heard the song before. It's been a while, but there was a guy named Lil Wayne. He was with the Cash Money crew. They had a thing called Bling Bling. Every time I come around your city, Bling Bling. We would call that Captain Kirk Cousins. Now, remember that meme that if a quarterback was average but getting that bag, a.k.a. money? They would compare it to him. Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. Say what you want about the guy, but the team is 5-1. They're first in the NFC North. He's tied with Geno Smith ninth in passing yards. He's tied eighth with Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, and Trevor Lawrence with nine passing touchdowns, but he does have five interceptions. Now, I know why critics doesn't want to give him the respect. They're 19th in offense and 26th in defense. And, of course, it's Kirk Cousins, right? He has a pattern of folded in big games, especially primetime games. He's known to get to the promised land, but the rail on the, on, on the directions. Possibly the biggest reason nobody looking at Minnesota as a threat has been their schedule so far. They beat Green Bay. You see what's going on with them. Detroit, New Orleans, Chicago, and Miami, but lost to Philadelphia. Now, upon further review, Green Bay looks lost, like we said before. Detroit is that team that you feel like they're there, but just keeps losing. Chicago is one big question mark, especially with Justin Fields. The New Orleans Saints quarterback is Jameis Winston. Do I need to say more? And lastly, Miami is without Tua. So I can explain their 5-1 record. Now, after this bye week, they're going to have a real test. These next two games are winnable games, but then there's Buffalo, Dallas, New England, the Jets, Giants, and even though they, they're unsure, the Green Bay Packers. So what do you all think? What will happen to the Minnesota Vikings? Will we see the gritty in the playoffs? Now, coming up after the break, we'll have the Week 7 pits. So stay tuned to the, the radio show. We know as so disrespectful. Next. So you think you know movies? I'm the dude. But do you know? Name the movie. But how about? Name the actress with the red hair. If you said. Tremors. Molly Ringwald? Congratulations. You're a clipologist. Clipology is your ticket to blockbuster fun. Time waits for no man, unless that man is him. Here is Don Suave. Yo, 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 yo. What's good, everybody? It's Don Suave. Thank you for returning back to the show. So, like I said, we're just going to go ahead and get into the Week 7 pits. We ain't going to waste nobody time. We know, hey, you know you got something to do. So, let's go ahead and start. First, we got the Arizona Cardinals going against the New Orleans Saints. I got Arizona winning this game. Next, Falcons versus the Bengals. 
I got Falcons winning this one. Next, Dallas versus Detroit. I mean, it's kind of obvious. I'm picking Dallas. Then we have Tennessee and Indianapolis Colts. Good rival game, this you know division game, but I'm going with Tennessee on this one. Washington Green Bay. Now it might come as a shocker, but I just have a strong feeling Washington's gonna pull this one out. Why? A guy's returning. We'll talk about that later. Next, we have the New York Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got the Giants winning this one. Baltimore versus Cleveland. I got Baltimore winning. Next, we got the Jets versus Denver. Like I said before, anybody seen that can beat Denver. So I'm going with the Jets on this one. We have the Raiders versus Houston. I mean, that's not really a worthy of picking. But so, on show for the show, Raiders is going to win this game. Now, this next game is going to be a pretty good game. The Los Angeles Chargers versus the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to give the advantage to the Chargers. Next, we have the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, earlier, I thought I seen this game. I said, oh, Chiefs going to win this game, hands down. But we know recently, San Francisco just picked up Christian McCaffrey. Now, even though he's playing this Sunday, his role will be very limited because, of course, he got to know the plays, practice, all that good stuff. So, just because of that, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to win. We got Pittsburgh versus Miami. I think Tua is not playing again. And then if that's the case, I already picked the Steelers to beat the Dolphins. And lastly, New England versus Chicago. Do I really need to tell y'all who won? Okay. The Patriots. No question about it. None whatsoever. Well, next, it's NBA. It is back. The season has started, and we're going to talk about it. So stay tuned. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. The all-new Georgia 104.5. If I Free new country every hour for Albany. The all new Georgia 104.5. If you spell his name is Scrabble, you win forever. Here is Doswave. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. So, this is the season of basketball. In the year of our Lord, 2022. And it has begun. And this first few games has been an eye-opener. We're going to start with the game opener on Tuesday, October 18th, with the 76ers versus the Celtics. And this game is a tale of two stories. Let's start with the 76ers. And honestly, the story looks the same. James Harden putting up stats with 35 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. But like Charles Barkley said, <laughs> the stats don't tell the full story. This is the definition of stat pattern because if you watch the game, Harden still does iso ball and slows the game down in which in the season, he puts up numbers and gets achievements. But in the playoffs, where it really counts, he has the best disappearing act since David Copperfield. 
Joel Embiid put up 26 points and 15 rebounds, which is good. They're good numbers. But let's be honest. Embiid is probably up there with Nikola Jokic as the best center in the NBA. But it's like there's something there that Embiid hasn't obtained yet. And even Shaq has said it multiple times. It's his mentality. I said this before. Starts with Joel Embiid. And it's a mentality. Kenny knows this. Chuck knows this. You want to be the best or you want to be tired with Joker? You want to be behind Joker? It's all with him. Yes, he has a style of play. He doesn't play like me and Chuck. But I think he needs to play games where he can create six to ten easy points for himself. I know the whole league is running to pick him up. But when you got a smaller guy on you, you got to duck in. You got to take the high percentage shot. Like he said, he may not play like he did in the 80s and the 90s. But he's still seven feet. 280 pounds. Going against his point guard. Who's six foot four, two hundred and twenty, and has the nerve to pick and pop instead of pick and roll and take him to the paint is blasphemous. All I gotta say is, ain't no way. Boy, ain't no way, boy. 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 Now, we'll take a look at the Celtics, who look like a team that was just in the finals and upset they lost. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both combined for 35 points, and Marcus Smart added with 14 points. While the stars of the Sixers all except for one had double-digit points, it was the bench of the Celtics who showed up to play. Malcolm Brogdon proved to be a good pickup with 16 points, and Grant Williams added with 15 points. Final score, Celtics 126, Sixers 117. Now the next day was the anticipation of the LeBron James 20th season and his quest to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time most points scored in the NBA. And that's it. Nobody believes the Lakers will even sniff the finals. So this season is like almost a farewell tour to the record. Because LeBron did say he would play for whoever who drafted his son. That's smart though. Because I kind of feel like he's basically playing the LaVar Ball bell, the LaVar Ball uh, motion. But he's kind of a little bit smarter. And if there's any indication on how this season may go, Listen to the king himself. I mean, I don't know. Um, I think we're getting great looks, I think. Um, but it also could be teams giving us great looks. I mean, if you be completely honest, we're not a team that's constructed of, of great shooting. And that's just the, the truth of the matter is. It's not like, you know, we're sitting here with uh, a lot of lasers on our team. So, you know, but that doesn't deter us from still trying to get great shots. And when we get those opportunities, you take them. But... We're not sitting here with a bunch of 40-plus career three-point shooting guys. You know, let's be honest. When he's talking about the roster not having great shooters, the whole idea was to go get Russell Westbrook. Westbrick. Yeah, I said it. Whose idea was not to surround Anthony Davis and LeBron James for more shooters? Now, I know the running joke of LeGM. And we knew LeBron has his hands in decisions, but ultimately, 
it's management management faults. When they won the two the 2020 finals, they didn't have great shooters, but they were a defensive and rebounding team. And size also what had them winning. Now they're not a defensive or rebounding team. They have no chemistry with Russell at, at the point. And the team looks lost because hey, LeBron's still doing LeBron things, getting 31 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists. While Anthony Davis had 27 points, six rebounds. Reality of it, last year, Lakers were old with no defense. Now that someone younger with no defense, you can insert the Kanye shrug on that one. On the other hand, Golden State was Golden State. Their team was so balanced, it could form a straight line. Curry with 33 points. Wiggins, 20 points. Klay Thompson, 18 points. Jordan Poole, black guy and all. Actually, no, it got healed. Sorry. I had to put that one in. 12 points. And it seems as everyone who touched the ball scored. So, in retrospect, they look like a defending champions. Now, on Wednesday, there were a bunch of games. and all had some type of story to it. But we're going to focus on the game that many people look towards. And that was the Brooklyn Nets with all the key players healthy and finally playing together. The result? <laughs> it was a blowout loss to the New Orleans Pelicans, 130-108. to Zion Williamson, healthy and all, scored 25 points. Brandon Ingram, 28 points. CJ McCullough, 21 points. And Violet Tunis, 15 points. The Pelicans played together and did not shake going to the house of the Nets and getting a victory. On the other side of the coin, Kevin Durant did his job. And that's it. Kyrie added with 15 points. But Ben Simmons only had four points, five boards, and five assists. So his debut wasn't really that good at all. Now, it is still early in the season. It's their first game together. So many questions must be answered. Who's going to be the main ball handler? Will Ben Simmons continue to play point or switch to another position? Will his style of play continue? Or will they have to switch it up? I mean, all these questions I just asked, only thing I got to say is, hey, Alexa, play 21 questions by 50 Cent. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to have a new segment in which I give the fans a chance to discuss sports topics for the week. The segment is called Clapback. We got a fan to discuss the NHL for the upcoming season. Stay here. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then he told nothing to get a job. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the show. Now we're going to let the fans have their time on the show. There's one thing different between my podcast and others. I let the fans have their time. Not just calling in, want to answer a question. Not just calling in, want to give their opinion. I mean, actually giving them the reins to be a broadcaster. 
giving them the reins of what it feels like to have to either research or anything to dealing with their sport, their team, anything they want to talk about. My platform gives them the mic. So we're going to do this for our uh, first time. There's many times going to happen after this one. But we're going to hand the reins over to Adam Pentec, and he's going to report on the NHL. Adam, take it away. Hey, everyone. This is Adam Pentec with the So Disrespectful NHL Report. I want to thank my man Rico for letting me do this for y'all. Uh, this is all as of Thursday. October 20th, 2022. First thing we're going to round up here is an injury report. Some notable names on the injury report here. We've got Brad Marchand forward for Boston. He's on IR for a hip. Ben Bishop, one of the better goalies in the league for Buffalo, is on IR for the knee, expected to miss the entire season. Forward Gabriel Landeskong in Colorado is on IR for a knee as well. Um, Aaron Eckball and Anthony Duclair in Florida, both pretty good players. Uh, one forward and one defenseman there. We've got them both on IR as well. The Philadelphia Flyers been hit with the injury bug and still managing to play well, much to my chagrin. Uh, they got five players on IR right now. Tampa Bay's Anthony Sorelli's on IR with a shoulder. Washington's Nicholas Backstrom and Carl Hagelin are both on IR for hips. And one other injury of note, Tom Wilson in Washington. Nobody cares because he's a dirty player. Um, I'm just kidding, sort of. He is on IR with a knee, but we hope he stays there for the rest of the season. Uh, looking at point totals, it's very early in the season, so points at this point are moot, but... This influences the power rankings as well. In the East, you got five teams with six points. So just for recollection, you get two points for a win, one point for an overtime loss or a shootout loss, and zero points for a loss. Carolina's got six, Flyers got six, Boston's got six, Rangers in New York got six, and Florida's got six. Over in the West, we see Dallas, Calgary, Vegas, all with six. And the Los Angeles Kings with five. Defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche have four points currently. Uh, the power rankings that I have found, we're going to list them here. I'm going to change them up a little bit. We got Calgary at number one, Carolina at number two, Dallas at number three, the New York Rangers at number four, Boston Bruins at number five, Philadelphia Flyers at number six, the Las Vegas Golden Knights at number seven. My Pittsburgh Penguins listed at number eight. I think that's far too low. And the Los Angeles Kings are sitting in at nine. Number 10, we got the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, so let's break this down a little bit. Calgary signed Jonathan Huberdeau over the offseason, as well as Stanley Cup champion Nizem Kadri. Uh, those two have been playing out of their minds for Calgary. Um, they're combined for 10 points in three games already. Carolina, they're expecting to win it all this year. Uh, they've got 11 goals and allowed three for a plus eight differential there. Uh, that's one of the best in the league, if not the best. Uh, the Penguins are also at plus eight. Dallas has 13 goals scored so far, while their goalie here had Jake 
Ottinger has stopped 84 shots so far for a 9.66 save percentage. Uh, Dallas is off to a 3-0 start. The New York Rangers, they've got the best goalie in the league. Igor Shosturkin won the Vezina last year. Uh, that's the trophy for the best goalie in the league. And he is just, just slamming it home again. Um, they're, they're young, they're exciting, and we expect a lot from them this season. Boston, Boston is starting off well. They didn't really do much in free agency here, but they're off to a 3-1 start, so keep an eye on the Bruins. Uh, they will continue to be Boston. They're annoying, they're irritating, but they're a good team year in and year out. Philadelphia, new coach John Tortorella, seen him a lot with the Rangers, is doing a lot for the Flyers, especially given that they've got so many on injury. Carter Hart goalie allowed just six goals on 105 shots this year. It's a pretty good save percentage. Vegan, Vegan, Vegas has a ton of question marks going into the season. That being said, they've got 10 players with at least one goal, and their goaltending duo has allowed eight goals on 130 shots. So, you know, you're sitting 122 over 130. They're doing pretty good as well there. Uh, Vegas, as a lot of you may or may not know, was an expansion team a few years back, reached the Stanley Cup Final in their first season, and have missed the playoffs only once in their short four or five year existence. I have to double check. Uh, my Penguins, eh. Sidney Crosby is off to an incredible start. He scored the opening goal for the Penguins this season, and he's got like six points so far. You get a point for every offensive move you make, whether it's a goal or an assist. I think Crosby has six. Evgeny Malkin has three goals and four points in the first four games. They're healthy. They're looking good. Uh, I think they're a little low on this. The LA Kings, uh, the goalie's not playing so hot here. He's got a 4.2 goals against average and a sub 900 save percentage. However, They've got a ton of offense and a ton of young players, so keep an eye on the Kings and the defending cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, having some goalie difficulties this year. Got a new goalie in Alex Gorajev. Uh, he's won twice so far this season, but he's got an 893 save percentage, so you've got to watch that, got to pick that up a little bit. All right, back to the notes here we go. We're going to look at these power rankings. I'm going to flip them up a little bit here. I think the top five, well, I'll keep the top four the same. Calgary, Carolina, Dallas, and New York. I'm going to put Philadelphia ahead of Boston because Philadelphia has a greater long-term outlook on the season than Boston does. Philadelphia did a lot in the offseason. They brought in a good coach. Uh, to really, really bounce them back from a very down year last year. It kills me to talk well about Philadelphia. Um, I'm going to put my Penguins there in at number six. I think just the way that Crosby and his line with Carter Kell and Sidney Crosby are finally getting some of that chemistry they never had last season after Raquel was acquired at the trade deadline. Um, 
If Genny Malkin's playing out of his mind, he's, he looks fast, he looks healthy. I will put Boston right below the Pens at number seven. We'll put Vegas at eight, and we'll keep the Kings in Colorado at nine and ten, respectively. All right, the last segment here we're going to touch on is the scores and predictions for tonight's games. Uh, the first game, the game I'm going to be watching, is the Los Angeles Kings at Pittsburgh Penguins. I think the Penguins offense is just going to be too much for that Kings 4.2 goals against average. I look for the Pens to win in a 5-2 game here. Anaheim Ducks at Boston Bruins. Let's take a look here. Uh, the Ducks have two points on the season, only won one game. Boston's got six. They've only lost one game. I think I think Boston here is going to take it three to one. Looking at the Predators in the Blue Jackets, Nashville is two two and one with Columbus at one three and zero. Oh. This is going to be a sloppy game, I believe. Not a whole lot of offense. Look for Nashville to win two to one. Coyotes and Canadians. This is an even uglier game. The Coyotes are built to tank this year. And you can expect them to do just that. But what else do you expect from a hockey team in the desert? Uh, I'm looking at Montreal to win at home here, three to one. The Sharks and the Rangers. The Rangers have six points. They're three and one on the season. The Sharks have not won a game yet. Look for New York to win big here, 5-1. to one. The Washington Capitals and Ottawa Senators. Washington seems to be having a bit of a down year so far in this early part of the season. So I'm going to take the Senators with an upset here, 3-2. Dallas and Toronto. This should be a really good game for anyone that is watching or following. I'm looking at, man, that's a tough one. I'm going to look at Toronto to win at home here against Dallas in a tight one, 2-1. to one. We've got the Devils and the Islanders. The New York Islanders are an annoying team. We've been ousted by New York teams in the playoffs for the last three years. My Penguins have... Uh, I'm going to go with the upset, Devils over Islanders, Jack Hughes scores two goals, and the Devils win 3-1. to one. Canucks Wild, this is another ugly game, neither team has a win, so something's got to give here. I'm going to take the Canucks with a 2 to nothing game. Hurricanes-Oilers should be a good game. Oilers having a bit of a down year as well, but you can never count out Connor McDavid. Uh, I believe the Oilers are going to win this game. Jeez, uh, let's give them a 4-2 to two score. Sabres-Flames. Um, we're looking Buffalo, surprisingly, has four points on the season and two wins. Flames are undefeated. I think the Flames keep rolling. And I think they win 4-1. to one. And lastly, the Winnipeg Jets at Vegas Golden Knights. I think that Vegas goaltending is just going to be too much for Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews plays in Toronto. My bad. 
Uh, I think it's going to be too much for the Jets. And I'm going to take the Golden Knights here in a 3-1 to game. All right, everyone. That's been Adam Pentek with the NHL report on So Disrespectful. Again, huge shout-out to my man Rico here. Uh, doing his thing, letting me help out here. Uh, thank y'all for listening, and let's go Pens. Thank you, Adam, for that report on the NHL. Coming up after the break, it's time for the Take Command news from the Washington Commanders. Stay here. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. Hot Wheels, Monster Trucks, Wrecking Raceway. Who will win the Champions Cup? Watch out ahead. Across the bridge, speed trap, Bigfoot wins! Hot Wheels, Monster Trucks, Wreck and Raceway comes with two trucks and announcer figure. Either not on a stove, oven, or microwave. Because revenge is a dish best served cold. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the Take Command News. Of the Washington Commanders. I got a podcast, y'all. <laughs> and their last game was a snoozer. Like, I think the viewers had almost canceled their Amazon Prime membership due to this game on Thursday. The broadcast even said that they promised the game on Thursday, October 18th, 2022, will have scoring, unlike this game between the Commanders and the Bears. So, just to recap, the Commanders won 12 7 against the Bears. And to be honest, if you watch the game, the Bears should have won. Twice the Bears were at the red zone to the Commanders. And in those two times, Justin Fields threw a pass that bounced off a defensive lineman's helmet and Jonathan Allen caught the interception. And the second time, they were stopped at the goal line. The Bears only scored on a 40-yard pass to Dante Pettis and after that held the lead 7-6 until the fourth quarter when Brian Robinson running back of the Commanders, scored on a one-yard run. Once again, did I mention it was boring? Well, the most exciting part came towards the end of the game when the Bears had a chance to score driving down the field, and with the clock running low, Justin Fields threw a pass to Mooney in which he caught the pass, lost it in midair, and then caught it on his way down, short by one yard from being a touchdown. If Mooney would have held on to the ball, it would have been a touchdown and the Bears would probably have gone on to win the game. Stats tell a different game. Carson went through for 99 yards, but in the process, did break his finger. Washington only ran for 128 yards and one touchdown. On the flip side, Justin Fields threw for 190 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. And the Bears ran for 237 yards. So, yeah. In total, Washington had 214 total yards, and the Bears, the Bears, had 391 total yards. With this win, the Commanders are two games behind the Cowboys, who are third in the division, but they also are four and two. Now, the Commanders have a 10-day break due to playing on last Thursday, and their next opponent would be the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. Who are also struggling now, and Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Packers, wanted to simplify the offense from here on out. Now, this is a game that the Commanders can win, 
And this is the game of the returning Taylor Heineke at the helm due to the injury of Carson Wentz, who will be out for four to six weeks. Now, some of y'all may not remember Heineke, and some of y'all do. But let me break it down for you. If you do remember Heineke, he's a fan favorite due to the previous games, but mostly his willingness to not quit and to go full speed ahead and not be afraid to take on whatever comes to him. Green Bay Packers is 3-3 three and three and second to the Minnesota Vikings. And they have questions coming in at the receiver's position with the injury to Randall Cobb. Who's going, who's going to be Aaron Rodgers' new weapon? With the commanders, of course, the biggest question is, I mean, kind of obvious, how Taylor Heineke is going to play being back in the starter position. And will the offense of the commanders improve, stay the same, or be worse? Now, after this break, we'll discuss more about the ongoing issue with a familiar person. Man, name and mate has been said so much on TV. I, I, he, he's, he's famous. He's infamous now. So stay here. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. At the Buffalo Bills Center of the West, explore five museums of Western history, art, and heritage all under one roof. The center is a Smithsonian affiliate and provides fun for the whole family. Visit centerofthewest.org to plan your Western experience. He does not use spell check. If he happens to misspell a word, Oxford will change the spelling. Here is the Oswave. Welcome back to the show. Now, this past Tuesday in New York is where the owners had their meeting. And once again, let's be honest. The one thing everybody wanted to know is what were they going to do about Daniel Snyder? That's No one else want to know anything else. Just what are they going to do about him? Well, just like those secret meetings that only a few at least know about, the same used to be with these meetings, except one guy who literally done had his life told and troubled documented, and that's the owner of the Indianapolis quotes, Jim Ursay, coming out of the meeting and being sworn with Mike like he's the biggest celebrity. He was asked about the potential removal of Daniel Snyder. Well, I, I just think um, what's happened in the workplace, you know, having three daughters, seven granddaughters, um, to me, um, it's something that I think serious consideration has to be given to the removal, and we have complete authority to do that. I, I think, uh, uh, in general, of, of him uh, being removed and selling the franchise. You know, I got to ask. In that statement, he said, Merrick. What exactly is the marriage Jim was talking about? Teacher, teacher, hand raised, hand raised. That's Miss Suave. Go ahead. <clears throat> Thank you. How about the merit of majority of the fans to test them? How about the stadium is the worst in the NFL? How about the franchise has been at an all-time low for almost two decades? Owner has multiple cases on him for workplace misconduct and financial improperties. How about the rumors of hiring investigators to get quote unquote dirt on, on other owners? 
How about information of Dan Snyder acting untouchable? Is that enough? We have been talking about this guy for a long time, but it's his time over. I have spoken on this situation for a couple of weeks now, and honestly, I don't know what will make this guy sell the team. Reports from the commander's camp says he would never sell the team, which feels like a dictatorship fighting off anybody who's trying to change their democracy. So here's a question for you, the listeners. What do you think would be the final straw for the removal of Daniel Snyder? Stay tuned. We will come right back for the wrap-up. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. Heart-pounding design. Intelligent technology. Courageous performance. Discover a new world of possibilities in the all-new Lexus RX. Never lose your edge. Once won a game of Connect Four in three moves. Here is Don Suave. Well, that's it for the show. I want to thank everybody who listened. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, broadcast out of the seven cities. Like, share, subscribe, and comment as well. And also, subscribe to the podcast show, So Disrespectful Radio Show. So, Until next time, stay blessed, stay good, and stay lifted. Peace. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful.